Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Don't touch me. I'll beat your brains out. You believe in miracles? Yes! I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Let's get ready to rumble. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Gypsy. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious. I want your heart, I want to eat his children. Down goes Fraser! Down goes Fraser! I think that the NFL knows what Randy Moss has done with marijuana, and I think the NFL knows what Randy Moss does with marijuana. Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Good morning, and thank you for joining me. Top of the morning. Those of you already on Facebook Live, the millions listening around the world, live from Hollywood, California, Los Angeles proper, this is Tough Love. I am Alistair Conrath. Hopefully all of you are having a great Sunday fun day thus far a lot to get to in the next half hour nfl week three already nfl week three it's it never ceases to amaze how fast the nfl season goes and we are already in week three huge game on the docket for the texans and the giants not so much for the vikings dino i love you bud ryan top of the morning vikings have you know here's the deal and i I'm not going to actually spend a lot of time on the Vikings because they're playing at home against the Buffalo Bills. A a rookie quarterback in Josh Allen who is playing behind a really bad offensive line. And even without Everson Griffin, the Vikings should be able to have their way with the Buffalo offense. Buffalo defense isn't bad, but... uh, on the road in Minnesota, U.S. Bank Stadium, Kirk Cousins coming off a game like he had against the Packers, 425, four touchdowns. Um, I, I just, I'm telling you right now, I know Dalvin Cook's out. Everson Griffin, like I mentioned, is out. If the Vikings don't blow Buffalo out, something is wrong. And quite honestly, with the game next Thursday, or the this up Thursday against the Rams here in Los Angeles, which I will be going to with my buddy. It would behoove the Vikings to come out strong. And I'm talking strong. Get up 20, 27 nuts at halftime so you can, you can actually rest players. Because I, you guys know me. I'm a huge Vikings fan, but I'm also a realist. I don't see the Vikings. Coming here on a short week, playing Los Angeles, a team that is offensively and defensively coming together and really good. I don't like the odds for the Vikings on Thursday night. I will be there in my Vikings Favre jersey. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, I want the Vikings to win. I don't see it happening. If it does, obviously, that's amazing. 
Uh, I know that's blasphemous to say it. As a fan, how dare you say we're going to lose? I again, I'm a realist. I I would love it if the Vikings won Thursday night here in Los Angeles. I just that's a tough game. It's a tough game. All right. Uh, the week after at Philadelphia, ten games or ten days of rest uh, to to get up for that with Carson Wentz back and a game under his belt today against Indianapolis. That again be a very tough game, but I feel better about having ten days rest going into that game instead of four games rest coming or four days rest three actually maybe coming into Los Angeles to play the Rams. So Vikings should house the bills today should. And I'm telling you right now, the spread is 16 and a half. Vegas is usually not wrong. Very, very often they're not. And so therefore the Vikings should win something around there. Hopefully it's not in the fourth quarter that they have to do that. This should be a cakewalk, and that's all I'm going to say about it. And I might do an uh, impromptu pop-up on Thursday to discuss Vikings-Rams um, because, obviously, that is a possible NFC Championship preview. Uh, so, no, I will get to Tiger. You know I will. Um, so, therefore, that's it. Uh, a couple other, like I mentioned in the, in the quick intro, Texans-Giants. I just want to point something out real quick. They're both 0-2, mind you. Texans and the Giants, both coming into the season with high optimism. Both 0-2. Today's game, obviously, I can't remember the last 0-3 team. I think it's like a 7% or 6%, something like that, to make a playoffs. It's brutal. Um, But let me just say this, because I have always said Eli Manning is not a Hall of Famer, all right? He is not a Hall of Famer. And this stat, amongst many others, validates my point. But this stat, especially to me, this is the fifth year, the last six, that Eli Manning has started 0-2. Granted, it's only two games in the season. But you find me another Hall of Fame quarterback who has done that. He's just, he wins in spite of himself. He's won two Super Bowls with the luckiest pass in the history of the NFL, including the Immaculate Reception. That David Tyree catch will go down as the luckiest catch ever. And then even the, even the next Super Bowl, that pass to Mario Manningham, Perfectly placed pass, but all I'm saying is Eli Manning is not a Hall of Famer. I'm tired of even having this discussion. Phillip Rivers, on the other hand, is. Without Super Bowls, Phillip Rivers is a thousand times better than Eli Manning, and they will go down, obviously, in draft history because of the swap. So anyway, just one, because I don't like Eli. I, you know, I mean, good for him and, and whatever. I just get off the, the Hall of Fame thing. It just blows my mind. Uh, real quick, before I get to Tiger, Gronk to Detroit. I just read that this morning. Did anybody else see this? Rob Gronkowski possibly could have been traded in April to Detroit. <laughs> Dino says, settle down. <laughs> you know me, Dino. I get fired up. 
How crazy is this? Gronk was very, very close, supposedly, to getting traded to Detroit pre-draft. But once he heard that he was going, he said he would rather retire. He didn't even pick up the phone when Detroit called. And, the, and Patricia, obviously, was at New England, and uh, who they play tonight, by the way. And the other dude in the front office was with the Patriots, too. And Gronk's like, ah, I'd rather retire than go to Detroit, which is interesting because that is exactly what Matthewsford needs is a Gronk right now. Uh, but I thought that was interesting. I'm telling you, the Patriots are absolutely ruthless. They really are. And I, I love it. I, I think it's great. You know, I mean, hey, at the end of the day, if you're an owner or a GM or a head coach, you are playing with chess pieces. That's all it is. It's not friendships, although they do cultivate themselves. It is all about interchange pieces and what you can get back, and there's nobody better than the Patriots at doing that. And I guarantee you they could have probably gotten, you know, a first-rounder. That's probably what was, you know, being talked about. Uh, so, it, you know, I thought that was interesting. Okay, Tiger Woods, Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. Up three. Now, here's the thing about Tiger. You look at the, the scoreboard, uh, the leaderboard, all right? Tiger is up three. I Pretty sure he has never lost going into the final round, win leading by, he has lost by two, Y Yang, uh, I think it was 09 in the PGA Championship, comes to mind. Um, but I do not believe he has ever lost a three-stroke lead in the last round. Now, it has been a long time, I think five years to be exact, since he has been in this position. You look at the leaderboard, though, and aside from Rory McIlroy and Justin Rose, who are both at nine under, and Tiger and Rory tee off today together, and I'm trying to find the tee times. Oh, I think it's 11. I'm pretty sure it's 11. Uh, Pacific time. But aside from that, you've got Kyle Stanley and John Rahm at minus six. So just a simple math, just like Tiger said yesterday. If Tiger shoots at a 70, even par, that means McElroy and Rose would have to shoot a 67, which is obviously doable. They have both done that already. Uh, Rory in the first round, uh, Justin, I think, in the second round. Um, and they've shot 66, 67, 68, both of them. So getting another 67, which they're averaging, obviously, is not out of the question. But you go to Stanley and Rom, who are at minus six, they would have to shoot a 64 just for Tiger to be even. They have not done that. And not saying that they can't do it because they are obviously very good. But what I'm getting at is aside from Rory and Justin, Tiger would have to epically fail today. Epic, epic fail in order to lose this. And I'm telling you right now, you got, I don't know if there's anybody in the world who loves Tiger more than I do. I give and die by every shot that he has. And I'll be honest with you. I might be watching Tiger instead of the Vikings and Bills. I'm just being 100% honest because the Vikings, I mean, it's a foregone conclusion. If they lose today, I'll, I'll not watch another Vikings game the rest of the way. I mean, I'm just being honest. I don't – what's the point? Oh, my God, hold on. Hold on. God, I hope – Bob, are you still there? I'm so sorry. 
That's a, I'm still here. I've been listening. It's been a, it's been fun. Oh God. I, you know what? I'm so sorry. I, I didn't even, I wasn't on that screen. I was looking at my notes. I'm so sorry. Right, the ra- the random caller you gotta oh you gotta pick that up because you never know who you're normally missing. Even though today I let you know I was probably gonna be calling in. So did you? I I said I it on on our text chain, but it's all it's all good. No big deal. All right. So anyway, um, do you, so you've been listening. Do you have any comments thus far? Are you wanting to weigh in on Tiger or the well, Jimmy Butler cat situation? Well, obviously I called in for the for the Wolves situation, but I will comment on Tiger, and he should win today, and, that, and that's stating the obvious. But what we've come to realize with him over the last couple of years is that things are different with him. So um, things that didn't happen in the past may happen today. Plus, the guys that are that are chasing him aren't, aren't exactly you know chopped liver. They're pretty awesome. So things could happen. I mean, look at what happened. Was it yesterday or two days ago? where Tiger was really kicking ass and double bogey the 16th hole, which, you know, if he didn't double bogey, that was even single bogey that hole, he's up by four today. If he pars that hole, he's up by five. So things can happen on a golf course, especially like East Lake, which is a course that these guys are very comfortable playing because they play it every year in the Tour Championship, and it's always the same players that are basically in it because it's the top 30 players in the FedEx Cup standing. So it should be pretty fun. And like you said, I will be watching that after the Vikings game is over and uh, instead of whatever bullshit game they're going to have on for the afternoon game here. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was thinking of meeting a buddy of mine at the bar because here, obviously, they're not showing the the Vikings and Bills. Uh, so I would have to go, or I mean, I could watch it for free on, on my computer. It's just streaming, and I don't necessarily know how much I trust the stream. Um, you know, the only problem is going to the bar I would have to, like, you know, try and persuade them to put golf on at the bar, and I don't necessarily know how, you know, a bunch of football hooligans would want, you know, be down for that. So, I, you know, I'm not sure. Right, I, but I, I but Tiger, Tiger does have that. Tiger does have that, that power. You know, he's not your average guy. People would probably want to see him win today, which if, if it does come down to it, it would be interesting to compare – the ratings of the afternoon football games versus, let's say, the final hour of the golf tournament because Tiger draws. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think you're right. You know, I, I just got a text back from a guy down in Long Beach, though, so I might be listening to uh, the Vikings first with Paul Allen because um, uh, I have uh, I've got to go down and get these Rams tickets for Thursday, <laughs> for Thursday night at the Coliseum. Mm. Yeah, baby. Uh, so, okay, so here we go. Uh, obviously, you called in, uh, you know, and go Tiger, but you called in because, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler, the Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, you know, let, can I say this real quick? Does anything else matter when you're talking about Jimmy Bucket's banging cat's girlfriend? Does any of the rest of it matter? Can they ever, like, be together with that being the case? No, and that's the funny underlying story here is we've heard over the course of the last six months, let's say, that there's been a rift within the within the locker room, but now it's come out that that has a lot to do with it. And, I mean, it kind of shows, one, the character of Jimmy Butler, who has been known to be a bad teammate even when he was in Chicago. Everyone kind of didn't like him. 
And now look at what's happened here. And granted, you know, I don't know the exact scenario, but maybe she came on to him. Who knows? But it's also kind of a D-bag move to do to your teammate that you're spending hours a day with, traveling with, that it's got to be someone you that you actually have rapport with on the basketball court. So who knows what happened at the end of the year last year. And maybe that's – I'm not saying that's why Carl Anthony Towns was so terrible in the playoffs, but all of a sudden you, know, you have a rift on a basketball team. A basketball team is five people on the court. They have to work in some form of synergy and I'm, it, it, for it to work. And if you don't trust a guy, your biggest teammate, then obviously that's not going to work out. Yeah, and uh, here, it's it obviously yeah that is that will throw everything. But do you do you think Jimmy did it because he was frustrated with Big Cat and Wiggins? And I know, I mean, I know just the sound of that. I know how that sounds. I mean, that's so childish and dumb. But do you believe that? his inability to get the max effort in his eyes out of Cat and Wiggins escalated a situation like that, that he wanted to get back at Carl Anthony Towns so badly because he wouldn't listen to him that he went and did something like that? I mean, it's obviously a possibility, but let's also remember that these guys are professional athletes with huge egos. And so, and, and, Butler is supposed to be this massive alpha dog. And, yeah, he probably could have said, look, you're acting like, uh, you know, not, uh, kind of like a bitch, so I'm going to treat you like one, and I'm going to take your girl from you because you can't seem to figure out how to play a professional like I do, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you in life how to be, you know, a tougher guy. And maybe that's what happened, and maybe it didn't work <laughs> out so well. It's, it's almost like it's, a, you know, a, a prison mentality you know what i'm saying like the prison yard mentality you know it's it's just like the most animalistic just caveman type of mentality i mean not here's the thing for myself you know i look at this situation and you throw out the girlfriend aspect of it team type of situation and you know i i think right now people are salty on jimmy and you know I think it's I, I, there's part of it that I think is valid, but at the same time, there's a there's something in society right now that doesn't appreciate work ethic and and determination and intensity, uh, you know. And they look at Jimmy as like, oh, geez, that guy needs to settle down. Whereas ten years ago, for sure, twenty, Jimmy would have been a perfect fit in the NBA with like the bad boys or, you know, like even on the, on the bulls, you know, I mean, just the, his style, it doesn't fit today's society, but you know, in, in a sense that's somewhat sad, you know what I'm saying? Sure. But if you're the one guy of 12, that's different than the other, than the other 11 guys, that doesn't make you good in that scenario. So, sure, maybe he, he brings that aspect to the table, but like you said, it doesn't translate into into today's society and today's younger players. I mean, think about how young Carl Anthony Towns actually is. He's like, what, 22 years old? He's, right. He is a millennial, and these, these people work the way they work because this is the way that, as you call it, society has brought in Jimmy Butler, maybe a throwback to, to the past, 
just like Tom Thibodeau, maybe that's why those those guys are, you know, kismet, if you want to say that. And everyone else doesn't like that. So you have these two alpha dog people that are trying to dominate the rest of them, and, and the younger generation of people on the team are not, not enjoying it. I mean, look at what, what Wiggins came out and said this week. I mean, we all knew that Wiggins hated Butler, but he didn't think it was going to go to this level, right? And the fact that Butler wants to get traded, I'm a – I'm a lifelong Wolves fan, and you know that. I love the NBA. I love everything about this team. Now, what I want for the Timberwolves, I know realistically they're not going to win the championship. They weren't going to win the championship with Butler. That was just, you know, just being in the playoffs to me was fun. Now, what I want the team for the future is to be competitive. I don't even care. I mean, obviously I would love it if they won the championship. That's the ultimate goal. But I know it's not realistic. I would rather the team be fun to watch with players that are good, that want to be here in a sense, than watching this drama play out and be the laughing stock of the league, which is kind of what I feel like we are once again. And being a Timberwolves fan, that seems to always come back to haunt us. Our superstars don't want to stay. Well, I guess Cat just signed that huge contract, which shows he wants to stay. Wiggins, maybe he took a step back this past year because of Butler, and maybe he moves forward. But I still don't think any of that happens until they get rid of Butler, who seems to be a problem in the locker room, and get rid of Tibbs, which I know isn't going to happen this year, but I almost hope they have a halfway decent year next year so they can get rid of him because he's a dinosaur. The league does not play the way that he presents it to be anymore. The league is about passing the ball around, not having Jeff Teague run the ball up the court and waste time you know, for 20 seconds, and then with four seconds on the shot clock, start running a play. That's not the way the game works these days. And that's why until we get rid of those problems, we're still going to be problematic, I guess, in the laughing stock. Yeah, and, the, you know, I mean, I think we mentioned this during the week, you know, in text about how, um, you know, in, in true Timberwolves' karmatic fashion, you know, you, have, you go through what we've been through since basically, you know, we've come into the league. And we finally find somebody in Flip Saunders as our savior, basically, and, and really is pointing things in the right direction, and he goes and dies. And it's, you know, I mean, it's almost a microcosm for the Timberwolves as an organization. You know, I, it, you are so right, as my brother comes into, the, into Facebook Live. I love you, Dave. Good morning. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's such a – Butler is a very good basketball player, and, but at the same time, he's going to be 30, and uh, and he's been with Thibodeau, and he has the most hard miles you could ever have on your body. And, you know, I mean, to, to give a guy like that a, a five-year max extension, I just, I mean, just a business side to it, it doesn't make sense. I'll be honest. You know me. I, I'm intense. I, you know, I'm. I'm I'm just that way. I like Jimmy. Uh, you know, the lackadaisical Wiggins and Cat, you know, it, it it would bother me. Basketball is played two ways. You got offense, you got defense. And the best players in the you know, in the history of the game, not all of them, but a lot of them played both ways pretty hard. Uh and so to sit there and watch Wiggins who it, to me is even more frustrating than Cat simply because I look at Wiggins and I, I, I see like Scottie Pippen possibility, but he doesn't have that want, just like we talk about with Anthony Barr for the Vikings. 
He just doesn't have that it, that heart, that drive. And, uh, you know, so that it, it bothers me. And I agree with you. Butler has to go now. Tibbs, uh, you know, if, go back into the archives of this show. And we talked about, I talked about Tibbs is a bad coach for for any team right now I mean it's just you're right he's a dinosaur it doesn't work but he has to go you know it's not he has to go there's even before Butler almost but I mean obviously Butler's gone immediately almost he has to go and not only because he's a bad coach he's not that great of a GM too like aside from getting Jimmy which at the time seemed like a great situation has turned into a horrible deal because Jimmy's gone. We lost Levine and Dunn, which, you know, is our, you know, I guess you could argue the the importance of them, but you know, marketing is looking pretty good on Chicago right now. And, you know, I mean, so, and, and his ability to bring in like old bulls, you know, just so they can play the way he wants. It's just such a bad situation all around, and, uh, you know, as Glenn Taylor, who I know you don't like and isn't necessarily a good owner, and he's proven it inside of a, a year or two, you know, when do you put your foot down and say, Tibbs, sorry, you got to go. You're Not only has Jimmy got to go, but you got to go. I mean, it, does it? can it happen faster than next year? Well, I, I know Tibbs will be gone. Obviously, Glenn Taylor is a different story, but um, I do think – what, what I've read and what I've heard in the last couple of days is that Taylor did pretty much put his foot down and say, we're getting rid of Butler, which is actually good because when you leave the coach in charge of the GM duties, it's such a mixed signal because there's nobody holding the coach responsible, right? And so Scott Layden, which is hilarious that he's our trade guy in our team or whatever, like they were saying he was telling teams when they called that Butler's not on the market. But then, obviously, you heard Glenn Taylor go out at the owners' meetings this weekend and say, call me directly. Don't call these guys because they're not doing what I tell them to do. But supposedly now, what I heard this morning was that everybody is on board and realizing that it has to be done. I think it's because Taylor finally said, we're doing this. And if you guys don't want to do it, maybe then at that point he was like, you're gone too. Hopefully he said that. And hopefully he realizes that after this year. Now, my, my beef with Glenn Taylor it's more because if you look at the teams that do really well in the NBA these days are all owners that are innovators, people that think outside the box, younger money, that people that have made money in like the tech world and all this stuff, which then they, that brings to their GM situations where you bring in guys like, uh, I don't know, the guy, uh, I can't think of the guy's name for Houston, that's their GM. These guys that actually have a different thought process Morley. than just a guy who, Right, guys who just who are smart enough to figure out new ways to make your franchise better, and it's not just a hey, you know, I was coaching the Bulls years ago, and I want all my players that are now in their mid thirties to come back. I mean, it doesn't make sense. The whole thing just has to has to be blown up, and hopefully, uh, somebody comes in and offers Glenn Taylor a shit ton of money, and he leaves, goes and lives the rest of his life as a billionaire in Southern Minnesota. <laughs> well. Obviously, Butler is is going to be gone. You know, I can't remember who wrote the piece, but on ESPN, you know, potential trade partners, what we could get back. Um, none of it is very attractive uh, if you're a Timberwolves fan. 
but that's kind of the corner that they've painted themselves into. Uh, you know, I mean, when you know you a guy wants out, you don't really have a lot of power. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they get back, where he goes. It's interesting, too, that he mentions, oh, I want to go to the Nets, Knicks, or Clippers. You know, like, for a, pro, for a guy who wants to win so bad, he's going to three really bad, like, potential suitors. You know, like, and I think that's simply because those possibly are three teams that are dumb enough to pay him a 30-year-old with that many miles, the, the five-year max, or whatever they can give him. I don't necessarily know how that all plays out. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's interesting to know he's such a, 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 in his own words, a winner and wants to win, da-da-da, and then he picks three of the worst teams in the NBA to go to. It, it's interesting. We got 60 seconds, Bob Star. All right. Well, that being said, I'm still sharing from the Timberwolves this, this coming year. Training camp starts for them tomorrow, I think. Media day and everything starts tomorrow. It'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. I'm really hoping by the end of the week that Butler's gone and we have at least a decent return, but I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be a fun year. Go Vikings. Vikings are going to win 30-10, to 10, and uh, then they're going to go to the Rams and win 37-17. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the call, bud. Love you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Love you. Bye. <laughs> you know, and to add on to that, hopefully Butler is gone. Hopefully Tibbs is next and the Timberwolves can start over again, again. Uh, either way, 10 seconds, this is Tough Love. I'm Alistair. Thank you guys for joining in Facebook Live. The millions listening around the world on Blog Talk. I'm out. Have a great Sunday, fun day, drive fast, take chances. I love you guys. Ciao.